Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how's it going, buddy? You know, I'm doing pretty good today, Jeremy. How about yourself? Oh, yeah, same thing, same thing. Nothing to complain about, that's for sure. Well, other than Squadcast and... Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's funny, like, when we were just having our little I've pre-show ramble... show by getting canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, but when we were talking before the show, I'd have, like, just, it'd be great, and then all of a sudden, it happened two times... I'd hear like every like third word you were saying and I, you know, run and quickly do a speed test and it's like two, three megabytes. And then as soon as the speed test is done, I hit speed test again and it's like 167 megabytes. So I don't know what the heck is going on. It's just, ugh. Well, here's something <clears throat> weird for you. What's that? Uh, when I was setting my stuff up, it came down, turned on my computer. I did a speed test on Safari. Mm-hmm. And I did a speed test on Chrome side by side, you know, not at the same time, but Safari, Chrome, Safari, Chrome. Chrome was giving me 142 or 143 up and down. Oh, well. It, it's weird. Safari, again, just going to Google speed test, exactly the same speed test. I was getting. Like a hundred, hundred and one down and like seven up. Oh wow. Just seven. And hmm. I'm like, what is the difference? That's crazy. Yeah. I don't I'm ah. Yeah. I, you know like with this and like we we got this um Starlink and all this stuff and <clears throat> earlier this week I did a test down here with my iPad. And I could plug my roadcaster into my iPad and the test worked flawlessly. And then, well, Squadcast for some reason didn't remember my password and it was an automatic saved password. Like I've never had to type my password in for like the last year. And then, oh no, for some reason your password isn't recognized. And I've reset it several times this morning, blah, 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 blah. And then on my iPad and the, the audios, the levels were way off. I like, I could even see on my little indicator on the screen like I was just peeking like crazy and I'm like ah I, I tested this like I don't know what day that was Monday Tuesday what day did I text you early in the week yeah and uh yeah it's like it worked perfectly and I did it. I even recorded a sample and then I literally haven't unplugged it I turned it on this morning and it's like all out of wax I'm like Ugh. sometimes it feels like, like the hardest thing it's not the um the doing the show, like the, the taking the time or even like we don't really edit the show, but that's not the hard part about podcasting. Sometimes it's just make this work. Like, like you know what I mean? I, I have equipment. I've paid money for equipment. I didn't buy the cheapest equipment. Please hit record and just record the bloody thing. Ugh. So frustrating. Ay, 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 hey. Yeah, last Saturday you texted me. Oh, was that Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday. That's right. 
Because that's when we uh, brought in, like I brought this desk downstairs to the suite and all this stuff. But I do believe, like I think, I think the problem that we were having before when I was recording in the shop was that latency between the little signal, the little thing that shot the internet down to the shop from the house. Because it hasn't ever been as bad as what has been when I've been down there. Would you agree? Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least that's one one thing we can tick off is helping out to <laughs> have a smooth remote conversation. Oh, yeah, we got oh. the technical just down pat. Now we need the content. Nah, content, content. <laughs> we dropped truth bombs, man. <laughs> We're like the bombing crew of truth. <laughs> I was... Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I did this the other day, but I did. I went and listened to a completely random podcast. No, okay. Uh, I, I actually, let me be honest. I went and tried to listen to a completely random podcast, and it was about like um, it was in the criminal justice category, yeah. right? So you're gonna you're supposed to hear about true crime. Mm-hmm. These morons didn't know. Evidence from Schmevidence. I'm like, you're just spouting like law and order stuff here. <laughs> That's funny. And so then I went and tried to look for one um, that was going to talk about real, you know, and there's a real famous lady uh, that does a true crime broadcast and I don't like her and I don't think she has the background to be doing what she's doing, but she certainly has the audience for it. Um, and she's super famous. And, but you know, I tried, I tried, I tried listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, didn't happen. And then, uh, uh, got a, uh, Odd, odd message from someone that I've just recently come in contact with um, that you turned me on to on Instagram doing a raffle. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Neil and, uh, Warren, yep. Just got a weird message from him. I don't know if it was just to me or what, but it was weird. What was it? It was about... Uh, you know, friendly sarcasm is okay if that's the way that comment was intended. And I'm like, I didn't make any comment. But, yeah, oh, really? sure, I'm always sarcastic. But That's weird, hey? It is. And so I just let it go. I just said, you know, I am always sarcastic. And so it's intended to be, you know, whatever you think about anything I say, is just take it in the most friendly way possible. Because mm-hmm. if I don't like, like you, you, I will flat up tell you. <laughs> there, there'll be yeah. no amb- ambiguity there. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you comment on something he did? Uh, he posted the raffle thing again. Uh, and it was a series, uh, like a slideshow. You just swipe, 
and looked at all the okay. potential gifts. And I said, yep. you know, I know which one I'm hoping for. And huh. that's all I ever said. Oh, that's weird, eh? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, doesn't really matter. It's a really great yep. cause. It's a really great guy going through some mm-hmm. weird things. Yeah. Yeah, I always, like, I, I don't... It, it seems weird to me, but I'm always, it's, <laughs> this is totally bad. This is terrible, but it always seems more normal to me if uh, a man walks out on a relationship and I don't know why, you know, especially like you've been married, you got kids and like the man walks out. It, I don't know. <laughs> I just assume that men, you know, or, but to have the mother and the wife just be like, you know what? I think I'm done. I'm, I'm done living this life. I'm done looking after my own son. And then just leave. And I mean, granted, yeah, he's he's autistic, right? And it's uh, a lot of work. But I just, I don't fathom that. I'm like, like, first of all, I could never do that to my wife or my kids. So I guess I don't know why I feel it's more normal for men to walk out. But maybe just generally they do more. But, oh, I couldn't imagine that, you know? And then, boom. Okay, now, now I've got to look after my son. And I've got to earn a living a way that I never have fully before, you know? So yeah, hopefully he gets tooled up. And I think the, one of the big things he wants is a kiln. And uh, so he can be a little more efficient with his processing. Cause I think he sends a, some of his stuff out right now for, for heat trading. So that kind of makes sense, but yeah. Well, yeah. Like, you know, Aaron Goff said, you know, sometimes professional heat trading is better. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you got you have the capability <clears throat> to do it yourself and sometimes it's better. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. You know, yeah. If I did batch work, like I, w- I was going to say 10, but I- I'm actually going to start a batch of 10 knives here and I'm going to do it myself. But like, say if I did 20 or more knives and there's a lot of like Go- Aaron Goff, he does like 200 at a time, I think. And I think he sent, yeah, he does send his all out for heat treating. And I'm like, that makes so much sense, you know? Um, obviously depending on where you live, but like the, where he lives, I think there's a place like locally that has like a massive kiln that the, the, like an argon purge kiln. So it's inert and stuff like that. I'm like, that makes so much sense, you know, send it there, let them deal with it. And, um, you know, for the time that it takes, like my little kiln, I I wish I'd gotten the 220 volt. I've got the 110 goodness. If I need to heat treat stainless steel, it takes, I don't know. 20 minutes half an hour to get up to temperature at least i'm like Ugh, it's a it's a pain you know and then obviously when i want to do the temper that thing's at like 1950 degrees fahrenheit and i want to try and bring it down to 400 man you gotta wait a long time you know i guess with stainless steel though usually i'm doing the cryo after the hardening and so in between the that and the temper but no if i did if i did large batches of knives i definitely would just send stuff out to me, that makes more sense. Well, at least this time of but. year, you can uh, kind of crack the door of the kiln and let it uh, let that heat out into the shop and cool down. Yeah, yeah. A lot of guys. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I just had to sneeze. Oh, that was a real good one. A lot of guys will take uh, fire bricks. You can buy fire bricks, and they'll throw those in there. I got to. Oh no. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, Todd. 
Oh, I don't know if I got a feather up my nose or something like that, but I would rather have yeah, like pause just... to sneeze and have Squadcast connection not working. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so they'll throw a fire brick in there, and that'll just absorb the heat, or even like a regular, uh, you know, concrete brick. Just throw that in there, and that'll just suck all the heat. They say it really drops the temperature quickly of your kiln. But I don't know. I'm, I, it depends. If I start really cranking a lot more knives here, um, I, I might look at getting another kiln, and then I would buy a 220 version. And then I could keep this one, you know, just for tempering and stuff like that. But we'll see. Oh, so I, I did make a knife this week, but it wasn't a real knife. It did... Uh, the kids have the the Awana Grand Prix, and so it's based, it's like a pine block derby contest, you know. And I think we got these blocks. I might, I think it was before Christmas. Yeah, it was before Christmas we got these blocks. And Steph came up with the idea. He's like, "You should do a Swiss Army knife." I'm like, "Oh, that'd be cool." And and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do a Swiss Army knife." And I was like, "Ah, I'll, I'll make it have blades and all that stuff. It'll be great." And then I just never dealt with it. And then so I, I started it. We had to have it in uh, Friday. So, you, no, no, Thursday. Yesterday at 7 to 8 is when you could drop them off because you have to, like, inspect them, make sure they're legal. Uh, they weigh them. And I started this thing on Wednesday afternoon. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I got I to gotta get this done. And I was but I was so late. I was like, you know what? Never mind. I'm just not going to do it. Forget it. Like, I'm not obligated. I, I bought the block. It was, I don't know, 13. I don't know what it was. It wasn't a lot of money. I'm like, if I don't do this project, who cares? But then I was also like, some of the kids at, at church on Sunday mornings are like, what are you doing? And so I told them. I was like, oh, if I told them I was going to build it, I should build it. And so anyways, I uh, it actually turned out, I was shocked how, how it turned out. So I had like a, a knife blade. And then a can opener, bottle opener, and then scissors. And it was kind of a fun project, like trying to figure out, like it basically opens up and then, you know, the, the stop, I want to make sure it stops at the appropriate point. So it's, you know, basically straight in line with the body of the, the handle and stuff like that. But, and I did, uh, I filmed the whole thing. So that'll be a YouTube video, probably get three views, I think, but you ever have those things where you, you start doing it and it's like, uh, like really no clue. And, and I did this the way I do everything else. Like I, I didn't measure anything. I mean, obviously I, I would lay things out, but it's not like I had in my mind, like there's no drawing, there's nothing. And then everything's eyeballs. Like, eh, I had to cut the body of the, the block down a little bit. Cause I thought it was initially too fat for the portions, but then it's also like, I don't know, it was, it was fun, but you ever have those projects, you do them, and you kind of go into it being like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then I, I think it was unrealistic. And then when you're done, it's like, oh, my word, I actually did that. You ever, like, surprise yourself, but you yes. you never thought it would be hard in the beginning? Yeah, that this was one of those for me. But I'm happy with how it turned out. Yeah, when I made I just that hope- uh, Kiridashi, um from a file. Yeah right after surgery i'm like yeah i'll never be able to do this you know a couple just a couple hours later i'm like wow yeah 
Those are fun, aren't they? Those get you excited to to keep doing stuff, don't they? They do. Yeah. Yeah, because I've been, I don't know, I've been, I I would say kind of uninspired as of late. Like, you know, and I'll be like, okay, let me come up with a, I want to really think of a really neat knife design. And then I'll do something, I'm like, meh. And so, I don't know. I think this was a it was a good project for me because I didn't want to do it, but I thought, you know what? It's basically just putting in the in the shop, and it's like if if I finish it, great. If I don't, who cares? Like no obligation, no. And then as it was coming together, I was like, okay, now I'm starting to get excited about this. Like this is actually kind of interesting. <clears throat> I just really hope that. Um, so basically like I, I use a table saw cut out the slots where the blades go into and then I bought a separate piece of hardwood and um is a one inch by a one inch square block I just picked it up at like the hardware store and I ripped that down into I don't know what the blades were maybe three sixteenths or a little less than that and um and so I kind of shaped them all but and then there's quarter inch dowels that act as a pivot point and everything like the hardest part was kind of lining everything up and I'd, I'd like sand a little bit off of the off of the stop where the knife kind of locks into place and then oh nope it's a little bit too it's not quite straight quite straight but I'm like I just don't want some kid to come here and like touch it and like open it and break it oh I'd be <laughs> I'd be so frustrated but and then I got a pair of scissors in there and they actually like work they pivot and for the pin I used a little piece of TIG welding rod and I cut it like maybe a sixteenth longer than the width of the two pieces of wood that it was going together. And then I, I use it as a rivet. I just kind of peened it over. And at that point, like it was all painted and it was like two hours until I had to submit the thing. So I, I didn't have time for an error. And I was like so nervous. I'm like, don't break, don't break, don't break. But it all worked out. That was kind of fun. Oh, guess what else I did this week? I... uh I haven't shared it at all, but I got me a, uh, an upgraded welding table. Not um, mass. What's that? Buy it or make it? I bought it. Is it um, a fireball tools? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 aren't his like, is there like 17 grand or something? I US? know. It'd be outrageous, but it's probably well worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Brian House, um, housework, um, Housemade US, he bought one, I think, and he got, because he reached out and said, listen, I'm, I'm buying one of these, I think what you're doing is great, and stuff like that, and um, he gave him a, a bit of a discount, but I think, I think Brian said he paid like 17000 or 14000 because it's like a 5 by 10 solid cast, it's cast iron his, right, yeah. I'm like, oh my word. I think the thing weighs like 4,000 pounds. I told Steph about that. Like, So this was just from Princess Auto, the one I got. And it's only a two foot by four foot. So it's still not huge. But it's one of those, it's called the Fab Block. By, I think it's like True Flat Tables. It's made, it's all laser cut in the US. And so basically it's all the pieces and then it's got like ribs underneath it. And then it's like tab and slot and you kind of, stick everything together clamp it together and you weld it all up and before what i had was a 24 by 36 but it was just like a flat piece and it wasn't the one i have the only one they have at princess auto is only three sixteenths, which still isn't that thick 
Uh, by no means is what I would love for a welding table, but I'm also kind of like, is what I got. Um, but the one I had before was like thinner than this and is only a two by three. And then it had, I made this folding table for it, which worked good in my old garage, you know, cause I couldn't, I didn't have room to leave this thing set up, but this thing came with heavy legs and casters and man, I, I don't know what it is, but when that thing is all welded together and you hit it with a hammer, it sounds and feels like a solid block of metal. Like I'm actually really impressed with those, um, those style welding tables. And again, I know that they're not the best, like, but I mean, I ideally well, what I would all love the to rage have on YouTube. You know, yeah. Yeah. Years ago, they were the best thing ever. Said yeah. everyone who got one for free. Yeah, I know, right? And um, well, well like Fireball one, Tool. Just, What's that? But I wanted one of those, but I'm glad I didn't buy one when I was gonna. Mm -hmm. There, you know what? I think I think they're actually pretty cool. Like the one nice thing is that so they give you the drop down sides, and I think mine's got six inch sides or four inch. I forget. And, and there are certain times when you're fabricating something, it's nice to be able to. You know, and it's a it's a hard ninety, and it's very accurate, and you can clamp to it, and and so basically it makes the edge of your table like a usable square for fabrication. Or you know, if you got to stand something up, you can clamp it to the table. Um, what what I've always used for like welding tables was like one inch plate or three quarter inch plate steel, and the one pain with that is that that stuff is rarely flat, and so we would get them, and then they'd make a big eye bream frame for or for them to sit on with like six inch pipe steel legs. And then before they would weld it, they would go around, check it with level and then take the torch and they would heat it up and they'd, it, it took about a day per table and they'd, okay, we got a, we got a wow right here. Like it's arced right here. And they would heat up this whole area. Sometimes they'd have two or three torches and then keep checking it and just use heat to straighten it all out. But those were like really experienced welders, like fabricators that knew what they were doing. And, um, I don't know. There's cool. And the once it was in place, it was in place. And, but they, I don't know. I'm actually kind of impressed. Like it's way more robust feeling than I would have imagined. I'm actually like, Oh wow. And then with the heavy legs, heavy casters. And so my idea was like, I can use it for, I, I was going to build just another rolling cart anyways, for times when it's like, okay, I need to get my, my joiner and flatten out a couple boards. It's, it's not a tool I used often, but I don't know. And it's just another like two foot by four foot work surface. You know, if the kids are working on a project, it's like, Hey, you just use this cart. And, but then, and then that was from princess auto. So it was a sponsored video, but I'm pretty stoked to have that, man. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's nice. Um, I want to, you know, I, I said, I was glad I didn't buy one when I was going to, that's just because it would have been at the height of COVID and expensive. Yeah. Because of the price of steel. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I picked this one up because this was on sale. I was like, sweet. Um it was pretty heavy. Like I think the top was like the box was like two hundred pounds. And it was in the store, like in an aisle. And so I, I asked them where it was because I couldn't see it. And it was just like an unlabeled cardboard box. And um so the guy got it and they were getting a thing and a couple of them to help load it up. And then they got the flat deck cart and <laughs> they kind of went to put it onto the cart. The cart rolled and got this guy in the shins. 
<laughs> you would think that he was shot. <laughs> like you think somebody, and I was right there. Like I was holding the box. It wasn't very bad, but he dropped to the ground <laughs> and covered his head. And goes, hey, 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 hey. And the other guy's like, do I need to fill an incident report? And, he's like, and so he is like man down situation for like two minutes. And we're like, okay, let's. And then he stands up and goes, okay, I'm better now. And acted like nothing happened. I'm like, dude, man, drama much, you know? And he was like the, uh, he was kind of like one of the, the, like the floor supervisor for that area. It was so funny. Like bumped his shins. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> with his head covered I'm like, it it didn't hit your head man like come on but yeah talented folks that work in uh those situations you know uh yeah um that's funny oh you know i was gonna see the one they sing with fireballs with his welding table, like steel welding tables, one bummer about them is that you get those little BBs, right? Little splatter balls, they stick to them. And one of the big reasons he said he went with cast iron is that way less, that's basically your welding splatter doesn't stick to that. Just right off it. That I was like, oh man, that'd be kind of a nice thing. But I think I'm going to spray this whole thing. You can buy that anti-splatter spray. I'm going to have to get some of that because... It's amazing. You weld some. You weld for like ten minutes. <laughs> it's just like BBs just stuck to your table. It's such a pain in the butt. But oh, you been out in the shop doing anything there yet this week or no? No, I've been working on some stuff in here in the office, and uh, I think the previous week, um. I had overdone it a little bit on the old hands, oh, and uh, a- I, yesterday I was I got these um, I ordered these uh, things that clamp to the side of the desk, but on the back I mean the edge of the desk, the back mm-hmm. along the back edge, and they fit under in their little baskets for cables and the surge suppressor and all that, and they come with four little screws and bolts. And I could hardly put the stupid tiny little bolts on the screws because, you know, dexterity. Ah, oh, it's a bummer. I, I, you know, I just keep having to remind he, myself. It, it takes time. Yeah. This is why most people don't do both hands at the same time. <laughs> no kidding. But I just wanted it over with because I know two or three people between Danette and I that have had one hand done and never went back for the other one because the recovery was so bad. Really? Yeah. Do, you, do you think you would have done that? Like with how bad it is when you've been like, I forget it. I'll I'd leave put one it bad. Off. I'd have put it <laughs> off, you know, because yeah. I saw people uh, that hurt themselves while I was, you know, still in the air force and I would watch them recover through knee surgery and that's one of the reasons I've never done had mine done. And they just keep getting worse and worse and worse. Hmm. That's crazy. It's like I was at physical therapy for my back and re-hurt my knee. Um, yeah. And they're so bad right now. I can just aggravate them where they 
hurt for an entire week where I can't, I can't even go up and down stairs. Um, just going to the mailbox, but oh dear. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I we wanted uh, our bedroom on the main floor of our house after we left Maryland. Whatever mm-hmm. our retirement house was going to be, it had to have a main floor master suite. Mm, yeah, because uh, in Maryland, between my back and my knees. The last two years we were there, I bet I slept downstairs half the time. Oh dear, because I could not get upstairs, which made it really uh, awkward because we didn't have a shower downstairs. (laughs) 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 People look at your kitchen window. (laughs) What's that guy doing? Or it is more likely it was. um, Even if you could go upstairs, you're not sleeping with me. You stink. Take a shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Sorry, I can't get upstairs. No, oh dear, that's crazy. Yeah, I've taken many a, uh, uh, just a rag in a basin bath. But yeah, yeah. You do what you got to do. Yep. This is true. And I, uh, people that uh, don't work for a living, just, and what I mean is strenuous activity work. Um, yeah, I am. I fully, utterly understand because I've done that too. That if you have a taxing office job, it can mentally exhaust you during oh, yeah, the day. Yeah. You go home and you're just, I'm beat. Bah, I can't stand it. Go work on an airplane for 18 hours. Go, you know, have your plant where you're a millwright break down and you got, you know, the board of directors, the CEO, uh, your supervisors, everybody yelling at you. you know, do that for, hmm. that's work, people. And yeah, when yeah. you're, you know, dealing with really heavy objects that can kill you at any moment. Yeah. Yes. I, where do you work, machinery? Is it dangerous? Everything you touch every day. Wants nothing more than to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding, hey? Um, and, you know, you're working on the airplanes, especially on around the engines. You know, it chews you up and spits you out. Um, yeah, that's not good. Like like a spray. <laughs> Tell the coroner to bring uh, a bucket and a squeegee, will you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what though? I think I, so I've had both types of jobs and, um, I by far prefer the physical exhaustion. Like there's something rewarding at the end of the day. <clears throat> I think probably the hardest job I had was like the last bit of when I worked with, like making like fracking units and stuff. Only time I ever worked in anything related to oil and gas and running hydraulic lines through these machines that we would build and essentially it's like a a semi-chassis with whatever's bolted onto the top of it and sometimes we would have to run like you know two inch hydraulic lines that rated for like 15,000 18,000 psi so it's basically like steel tubing almost at that point and man crawling around and this and that it was just 
phenomenally exhausting work. But at the end of the day, you know, you take a shower and you sit down on the couch and it's like, oh, like I'm, I'm exhausted, but my body feels really, really good. It's kind of like after you exercise, right? Yeah, that's hard, but you feel nice. But man, mental stuff, there's no, you know, you work at, and you're thinking all day, you're solving problems or you're like, whatever it is. If I'm with people all day long, I feel the same way. At the end of the day, it's not like I can be like, ah, oh, it just feels nice to sit here and relax. It's kind of like, eh. I, I don't know. I hate I, mental exhaustion. I would take physical exhaustion any single day of the week. I don't know how people do stuff like Wall Street or something like that. Like, or even just being an account. I guess if you're wired, you're wired differently. Obviously, maybe some people just don't get physically or mentally exhausted like I do. But my goodness. I like being physically tired. I always said, you know, I earned my sleep tonight, you know, but I never feel that way if I'm, if I've been thinking all day long. That's well, probably why I, I don't do the, drawings. I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is based on my own experience. So if your mileage may vary people, but I think the caliber of people are different um, between blue collar and white collar. I, I don't mean uh, your intelligence level can be the same greater in one area, you know, or not. It doesn't matter. I'm just talking about the, There's more to it than this, but I'll just say the moral fiber, because I have never had a blue collar job where I had a disagreement with somebody to the point where I wanted to kill them. You feel that way. You don't really want to kill them, you know, um, but every day in the office, you feel, you meet somebody <laughs> stupid enough that you just want to put them down for the betterment of society, um, yeah. like a rabid animal. You're like, you don't deserve to live. You're so stupid. But anyway, because <laughs> people that stupid in a dangerous blue collar environment would just kill themselves at work, you know? Yeah. Oh, what does that do? <laughs> they get chewed up and spit out. <laughs> yeah. You know? It. Yeah. <clears throat> I have seen. I, th I think. Somebody. In an office, otherwise intelligent person. And we go and we take a, I'll call it a field trip. It was in a different state. We went to go see a uh, urinalysis laboratory and take a tour. And we went into the, what is ironically called the clean room. It's also not clean at all. <laughs> it's the people in it are when they go in and they have on suits and they have on respirators it's because that's where the machinery opens the urine bottles and take their samples oh. and uh, it reeks the whole lab reeks from <laughs> door to door window to window but this guy he just, he's in the clean room right and the <clears throat> they have two machines in there two mass specs that, you know, the bottles are picked up by the little robot arms. They're open. The little pipettes take their samples. And there's a sample bottle that got moved by one of the little jet streams of air because of something, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Some criteria got met, then it got pushed to the side. So now it has to be manually retested. Mm. This idiot just picks it up and smells it. You know what the hell it is. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, I like you're a button like that. pusher. I mean, that's you're a moron. Yeah. Oh. Don't you love dumb people like that? They're the best. <laughs> like, would you? That do is that? the guy who's the first day at work when you're, you know, in a blue collar setting. You go send him for <clears throat> blinker fluid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. We did. Yeah, we had an annoying kid. Yeah, we were working in Edmonton. He lived in Edmonton. Most annoying person on earth, but we'd always send them out to the shipping container to grab a bag of eddy currents. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're going to put this motor together. We need some eddy currents. Okay, what are they? They're in a bucket. And he's like, okay. And he you knew know, everything. We send people for jet wash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, God. Yep. I, I think so many people get into white collar like it seems like more like you're saying it seems like there's dumber people and i think there are but i think it's because there's more people and and this well this isn't what i think this is a fact but i think the reason is less people just don't go to the trades because they think it's so hard physically right or or it's it's beneath them that's what people are taught yeah yeah. smart people are lawyers they're doctors successful people are lawyers they're doctors they're computer tech you know whatever whatever mm-hmm. whatever well yeah and if you're stupid you be become true. a tradesman you know but um who built the building mm-hmm. you know you know and it's it's like i always think when i think about this that book called uh, shop class of soul craft and by tim crawford and you know he says because <clears throat> he was a white collar guy I don't know, he's a copywriter. I forget what he did. You know, worked in a think tank kind of a deal. And, you know, he said, if you think that you're not using your brain, and he was talking about some obscure carburetor on like a 1976 BMW motorcycle that, you know, and blah, blah, blah. He says, if you don't think that requires intelligence, like I don't know what else did, you know, would, you know. And it's it's different. Like, you know, and it, some people are gifted at... um pure like thought work you know okay let's figure this out let's think about but then you know that stuff's not that hard either it's like it's like in business okay well if we spend less money than we make we're gonna have more money at the end yes okay that's basic business sense right and if you buy a product for this much you know you should figure out how much time it took you to acquire that product the shipping costs what it's going to cost to get it to a customer and that'll give you an inclination okay plus okay electricity this and this we've got to keep the lights on what do we need to sell this to make a profit that's business it's not that difficult right whereas you know people think like oh wow that's that's so high and lofty and i know it's deeper and there's you know that's very basic but there's not a lot of white collar people that really go much much further the ones that do are like the consultants or like you know, the, the people that are running corporations, which is, you know, not most of white collar. And then you think 
if you're building something, you've got angles and you've got this and that, there's a lot of thinking involved. Like that is a very cerebral process, especially if you're doing something complicated. You're building a motorcycle frame or you're, you know, you've got to figure out the chordal distance of a pipe flange so you can, you know, build it here, send it up to Fort McMurray and it's going to bolt on perfectly when they're paying like $5,000 an hour to get this work done, you know. But I think it's it's pushed like, oh, get a white collar job, white collar job, white collar job. And people go to university and a vast, a huge portion of the people don't ever get employed in what they get, what they were educated in. And then, like you say, like the, the, you made me think of it. It's like you just want to get an argument with these people because they're so stupid. It's because everybody goes there. And if if trades were pushed, you know, you'd you'd. Just as much, you'd get half of the idiots going to white collar and half the idiots going to trades. But trades aren't pushed at all. It's like, nope, don't do that. And so I think most people just go to white collar and that's why all the idiots are there, <laughs> you know? And I they're afraid of hard work. In junior high school or the beginning of senior high school, um, what you should get, everybody, I don't care who you are, a cursory look at everything so they know mm-hmm. this is a water pipe this is an electrical line this is a two by four right mm-hmm. you know just something that shows them the basic the basics of the basics of everything i mean everything and here's why you know 200 years ago if you were lucky enough to be a lawyer and you wanted it and successful enough to need your own office who built it well you did yeah yeah or at least you helped build it yeah i never thought you know? about that that's and true and you knew how mhm uh, yeah and you know it and things are way too overcomplicated nowadays because of things um like building a house is so much more complicated today than it should be. Uh, but I think it's going to go back to being, because like right now you wire for, I don't know what cat wire we're up to now, six, nine, whatever for, you know, computer AV and all that. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much obsolete now because everything's wireless. Mm-hmm. Or can be, or can be yeah. wireless, um, unless you're like commercial AV and you need that um, uninterrupted physical connection. Mm-hmm. Because anything can screw up a Wi-Fi signal, yeah. And you just don't know. Um, like sometime today, I need to when this afternoon when the net's off work, I might have to completely remove power from our uh, fiber optic router and modem and let it die and then bring it all back mm-hmm. online. Because, uh, you know, it has the two and a half gigahertz and then the five gigahertz. The five mm-hmm. gigahertz is sometimes you need to refresh it. I don't know why I don't. But here's the problem that led me to that solution. My phone, we don't have a cell signal here, so everything's mm-hmm. Wi-Fi calling, Wi-Fi 
text, Wi-Fi, email, you know, you get it. Mm-hmm. Texting and phone calls will just quit working until I either I move to the two and a half gigahertz on my phone or reset the modem or both or mm-hmm. wait a week, you know. Yeah. So do I, guess I, I don't think I do anything. And this more is always better. More is always better. That's my mindset. But I got to thinking about it. I'm like two and a half gigahertz is fine for all the stuff I do with my phone here at the house. So just leave it on the two and a half and I have less problems now. Hmm. <clears throat> do you guys have a landline? Yes. Okay. That's good. I was like, that's, like, you know, if, if it, yeah, I've had to call you on everyone. there before when I had a power yeah, outage. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. It's the only reason we have it is during a power outage. I can still call my power company and say, I don't have power. Yeah. Yeah. Now with the previous landline, it would work no matter what. Now this landline, mm-hmm. because we are now on fiber optic, so is the phone. Uh, so okay. the power goes out, it'll still work as a phone. But if the fiber optic lines overhead get cut, you're screwed. Yeah. Because it's not the underground phone line anymore or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. <sighs> but let's see what else is going on. Um, I haven't had a lot of time. Otherwise, I've been studying, you know, getting prepared for some stuff uh, mm-hmm. that we'll talk about later, but uh, in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. What's that? There's a uh, hot rod car shop up in Utah, and they also have a TV show. Uh, oh, God. What? Dave Kendig is the guy's name. Um, Kendigit Designs is the name of the company. The name of the TV show is escaping me at the moment because I don't watch it anymore. But very little network TV do I watch. Uh, But anyway, he has a partnership now with uh, Lincoln Technical Institute teaching automotive uh, trades, right? Mm -hmm. And he had a contest where he was going to give one person uh, free tuition to go through the whole set of classes. Mm-hmm. And I put in for that, but oh, I did. probably didn't win it. I knew I wasn't going to. Um, I'm too old for them to be giving a free, you know, education <laughs> in automotive stuff. <laughs> I know that, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to win, but I got a call from the guy. And he said, hey, you know, what is it that you're mostly interested in? And I was like, you know, I really want to learn, relearn, get a refresher on automotive electrical systems, the entire wiring of a car, and the new vehicle, the new computerized vehicles on uh, diagnostics. Mm-hmm. You know, learning the the networks on a car, the CAN bus, stuff like that, and how to diagnose it. And he's like, well, when do you want to attend? 
I'm like, well, I just, and he calls me the literal day after my surgery on my hand. And I'm like, mm. well, you know, I can't do it right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you got to use your um, phalanges in this class. He's like, oh, yeah. I said, well, I can't use mine right now. He's like, well, can mm. I call you back in a couple of months? I said, absolutely. So I'll be going out to Utah sometime in 2023. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But no, if I go out there, I'm going to have to go to uh, one of those off-road adventures. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. You'll get stuck Moab. in the red moon sand. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been to Utah quite a few times. We've been to Salt Lake City. Um, from Great Falls, we drove to Salt Lake City uh, yep. twice. And one of our buddies was from Salt Lake. Anyway. You know, as far as a visit goes, it was okay. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. Yeah, never spent a lot of time there. Dro- driven through it a whole bunch. Different places and stuff like that, but... Yeah. I'll tell you one place I wouldn't want to live. The lava fields out in Idaho. I've never seen those, heard of those. You know the little red lava rocks you get? Yeah. Like for a grill or whatever? Yeah, that's where uh-huh. that's all you see. Really? <laughs> it's lava. Huh. That's crazy. A lot of nuclear testing. I mean, uh, not bombs, but, you know, the research facilities are out there. That's where the Navy used to uh, design and build the, and test the nuclear reactors for their ships and submarines. Hmm. That's crazy. What's crazier is that's supposed to be classified and secret, but they have signs. Don't come <laughs> here. You know, don't cross this border because, uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's weird. They had, uh, when we were doing a job in Kodiak, Alaska, there's like, I think it's a missile range they have there. And... You can drive there, like like they got a road that goes through there, and then but all along the edges that has lights. I think I may have mentioned it once on this podcast, and then it's gated. And if they're not shooting, whatever, you can actually drive through. It's one of the ways to get to the other side of the island. But then when the alarm goes off, you have to like just move, right? And so we were about ten minutes into this road, and all of a sudden the lights started flashing, and I was like, crap. And so where we were it was faster for us to turn around. And so I was like, okay, fine. And this is like, I mean, this is Kodiak, Alaska, right? Like we didn't see vehicles for a long. It's not like it's busy or anything like that. So I just stopped, I back up, you know, did a little turn on the road. And like right then there's a, a military police vehicle right on me. And just right behind me, we left. And as soon as we left, it stopped and the gates closed. And then it turned around, and went back. But it's kind of weird. It just reminded me of like, <clears throat> you see those signs, you know, all the things that the military does for our own safety and protection. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Fun stuff. Oh man. So we're uh, we got a pretty hard schnook coming. I got a headache right now. I always get these headaches when we get a schnook. It's like three degrees above freezing. 
yesterday when I woke up, it was like, I think it was minus 17. So it's just, man, a major flux. But Oh, God, this is so funny. One of the best things I've seen all week. What's that? I'm crying over here. It's a meme. Um, it's a Ford, the blue oval, a Ford emblem speaking. Mm-hmm. And it says, you guys always act like you're better than me. It's talking to a bicycle with two flat tires, a moped, <laughs> and a horse with no legs. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> I, uh, there's an auction uh, up by somewhere in uh, Saskatchewan. And I, oh, yeah. I was looking at two pieces of equipment and a truck. Just, I wasn't planning on buying them because, you know, I'm not in Saskatchewan. And I don't think I could drive up there and pick them up. Uh, one reason is I don't have a trailer, but anywho. Um, <clears throat> one of the trucks, the ad was, um, w- most of our trucks have over 200K You know, they've been used, regularly serviced, but, you know, they have over, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand kilometers on it. Um, You just understand that before you bid. Um, But this truck is a Ford. It only has 130 miles. (laughs) (laughs) I was crying. I'm like, even Mm. the auction people make fun of Fords. Yeah. That's funny. No, but it was, uh, uh, it's a pretty much a brand new, like 2009, 2010 truck that was, by all accounts, um, shipped up there being the wrong truck, and they can't use it there. So it just sat there. It was cheaper for the company. Just to leave it there. Hmm. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Um. So I, I've got such a hankering, and I need to, I need to get it out of my system. Well, ignore it is what I need to do. But I want one of those mini trucks so bad. Like, oh, like little Japanese well, I mean, you know four wheel you know drive mini trucks. Who? I thought you knew a guy that imported. My brother-in-law did it once. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, and this that was years ago. Well, he got together with some friends, and they all looked at it at once, and they all, yeah, it didn't save him any money, but they were like, you know what, let's do it. And so he got a, a Mazda RX-7 right-hand drive with uh, the Wankel rotary engine, and then... His buddy got a Mazda MR2 right-hand drive. Like, they're basically one of the little rice rockets. And then one of the guys ended up bringing a little truck over. And actually, no, Steph's, Steph's uncle brought a couple in. But, um, well, there's one, like, 15 minutes for me. And, but the guy wants, like, seven grand for it. And I'm like, that is so stupid. Like, I don't know. I, I know it's 10 years ago. But 10 years ago, you could get them imported for, like, 1200 bucks, 1500 bucks, two grand at the most, you know. 
and they kind of got popular up here. People would put quad tires on them and they go almost anywhere. And they're like, oh, the perfect hunting buggy, farm buggy. But they are getting more popular. And I saw this one ad on Instagram, which is kind of creepy. So obviously Instagram knows what I'm looking at on Kijiji. But this guy, he's like, he's a link to a website on how to import mini trucks for like 700 bucks us and i'm like okay i'm I'm interested in this i don't know if it's a joke or or who knows what but man if i could get like a little truck brought in even for like two thousand dollars now i'm i'm like hey but this this could happen you know i think they would be such a sweet little vehicle like I, I couldn't replace my truck now with it because, I mean, I, I haul lumber and sometimes I do like drag the bobcat in a trailer and stuff like that. So I do need to have a big truck and I like my truck. But for the little stuff, like I'm taking garbage to the dump. I mean, my truck is so thirsty. It's six liter, right? I mean, that thing does not, <laughs> it does not go anywhere without several gallons going through it. And when you start it up even. But if that man, a little tiny truck like that, just for like zipping around in, it'd be pretty handy. Although I would like to take one and then convert it to a left-hand drive. Because, man, I think that would drive me insane. There's so many times, like where I drive, where you're you're at an intersection, you're, you're waiting, you got a green light, you're making a left-hand turn, and the people in the opposite direction, there's, they're making a left-hand turn. And even when I'm sitting on the left side of my car, I can't see if it's safe to turn out. You know what I mean? I'm like, that would just be horrible if you're on the right side of the vehicle. Mind you, I guess they're so narrow. You could just lean over and look out that side. I think shifting with the left would be weird too. Have you ever driven a right-hand drive car? Oh, all the time. Really? In England? Yeah. In uh, England, all over the Middle East, uh, several other places. Really? I didn't know they did that in the Middle East. You, they have both. Yeah. So is it, do you wear any of them standards? Like, do you shift with your left? That's all I had overseas. Huh. You just get used to it, I guess, eh? Well, yeah. I mean, because here's the way my brain works. What's the easiest way for me to perceive this and just move on with my life? Don't overcomplicate it. I overcomplicate too much crap in my life, but driving, okay, in a left-hand drive car in the United States, me, the person situated in the car, my position is towards the middle of the road, not the edge of the road, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, in England, in a right-hand drive car, I'm in the same position. Mm -hmm. I am closer to the middle of the road and... Um, because back then I smoked, I was used to shifting and driving with weird positions anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, you know, mm. you got your girlfriend next to you in a, uh, manual transmission truck, you have to reach over with your left hand and shift because, you know, you want to be cool yeah. and keep it behind her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, <clears throat> teenagers. Uh, That's right. I have to recount these memories before I lose them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I want to. Uh, mini trucks are cool. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have watched the guy on YouTube rebuild a couple. Uh, musty one, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, 
uh, I would like a Ute from Australia, the Ute version of what is the Toyota Hilux or the Toyota yeah. Tacoma. Yeah. Uh, probably around 1990, 1988, somewhere in there. Yep. And I've driven one in Saudi Arabia, and that's why I want one. Huh. Um, yeah, those would be cool. Or like those little Hilux with a little diesel in them. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, man, that'd, that'd be a fun little truck. I had uh, the one in Saudi was a four-cylinder diesel. I think it two, two and a half or three liter diesel. Yeah. Um, hmm. Four-wheel drive, just awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I don't you know why. Drove all, we drove that thing all day. All day, every day. And I think we filled it up every Friday. Yeah. I know. I, I, I was just going to say, I don't know why in North America, diesels aren't more popular in passenger cars. You know, I think Volkswagen is the only one that does it. Oh, the, actually, Ford uh, did it experimentally. The auto manufacturers bit. and the uh, gas people. Big oil, yeah. And um, people that don't understand emissions that are in charge of yeah. making rules <laughs> on emissions. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know why? Um, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. You know, the reason that small diesel engines are so popular in passenger vehicles in Europe, do people understand? No, they don't. Yeah. They're overall cheaper, more economical. The older ones can last. They're they're still running, you know. Yeah. By the time the body and the frame rust in the dust, your drivetrain is still sitting on the ground running. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had, uh, I bought a Golf, uh, Volkswagen Golf with a turbo diesel in it, 1.9 liter. Man, that thing... So I could get almost a thousand kilometers on a tank, which I think is around like 600 miles. And it wasn't a big tank. I went from, Steph and I were driving down to Eagle, Colorado, I think it was, or Steamboat Springs, I forget. But we went from Billings, Montana to Denver on a tank of gas. And like we literally drove the entire state of Wyoming and didn't stop once. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like you can drive for like eight hours, like straight driving on the highway. And I was like, man, that was such a good car. And I'm like, I don't know, diesel's more expensive, but you, you, it's still cheaper to operate in the long run, you know? And and this thing had 90 horsepower, so, so not a rocket, but it had 155 foot-pounds of torque. And it actually went, it went just fine. It had the five-speed on it, a little a standard. Man, I like that car so much. But, um, and I think the first year I had it, I want to say I put on 70,000 kilometers, 80,000 kilometers, quite a bit. Like I drove it a lot, but, um, what ended up happening is a turbo seized on it. And, uh, I was late to get to the airport. Like I always am. I never was there on time and the turbo seized, and I couldn't get above a hundred kilometers an hour. And I was hoping to be doing like 140 and, uh. I don't, I don't know why it sees. I even, like, I had installed a turbo timer. So, you know, wintertime, I get to the mall. You know, instead of just shutting off my vehicle, I can actually let the turbo 
cool down. So a little timer set up for like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I could lock my door, turn the, uh, you know, turn the alarm on. And the only thing that was running was the engine just so that the turbo could cool down a little bit. But I ended up selling that thing for, I bought it brand new from a dealership. And I think I, I sold it for 4,000 less than I paid for it. I traded it in on a, on a tra- Chevy Trailblazer, but that was a good little car. I, I liked that little one. If it weren't for the I turbo going on it. A, an old uh, uh, golf hatchback, but. Yeah. I almost had one in England, but uh, bought a Saab instead. Oh, yeah. Those are nice cars. It was my introduction into. You have to check the oil in your carburetor. Oh, really? I'm like, what? And I knew how to work on vehicles then, and I'm like, what? Huh. Oh, yeah, it's got an oil bowl in the carburetor. Oh, what does that oil do? What kind of retarded crap is this? And it's just the way they operate. So they. Uh, I don't understand the principle. And again, this was like 1988. Oh, okay. Uh, That's weird. You, you know, unscrew this little cap, look, make sure it's got oil in it, and. I mean, it net I, the whole time I owned the car, I never had to add any. So. Hmm, that's weird. Interesting. Oh man, what? Well. If you step on the brake like you mean it, you're stopping. Huh? The brakes and that thing were over-engineered for the size and weight of the car. The Sobs are notoriously heavy vehicles. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. My parents bought a Saab in Las Vegas, and uh, I was there at the dealership with them. It's a nice car. Bought it brand new, <clears throat> and then I got to drive it. Oh, I think we're going. I don't know. We're going to to Denver. I think for some reason, and so kind of driving it through the mountains there. Oh, that thing was fun. It was like the nine five arrow. So, I I don't know if it was like the the best one you could get, but it was up there. Like it had some options and some upgrades and stuff. Man, that thing handled like it was on rails when you put it into sport mode. Oh, it was a great car. I enjoyed it. And then my parents lent it. It was like their car they left in Vegas, and then I think they took it to Phoenix when they moved to Phoenix. So they used to live in Vegas, and then um. They brought it here and it sucked in the wintertime. Like it was horrible. Even with like my mom drove and then they put winter tires on and it was absolutely useless. The wheels were just too wide that it was designed for. And so they didn't drive it that much. And then my aunt came back from China. She used to live in China and they lent it to her. <laughs> and she was backing out of the stall, out of a stall at a, a shopping center and just smashed into the light p- pillar like the big concrete light pillar and wrote the vehicle off and this this was i don't know it was probably about this time about six seven years old but you would have to really mess up the back end of a vehicle to write it off in a parking lot like some kind of special but anyway so my parents were like oh we're just gonna haul it to the scrapyard and they said i'll take it and then i was gonna fix it up and i kind of looked under there and it was like, a, I think it's like one of those monocoque bodies or whatever. Like, it, it did damage to the struts in the back or like the, whatever those arms are. You know what I mean? 
Like it was a front yeah. wheel drive car, but it actually affected the back end suspension and linkage. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I ended up trading that car for pressure washer to my brother-in-law. And then he sold it to a Filipino gentleman in Strathmore and he actually got it fixed up and spray painted it black. It was funny because he used to work at Tim Hortons and every day I'd go to Tim Hortons. I was like, there's my car. <laughs> I drove that car off the lot in Vegas. <laughs> but yeah, I thought, I thought that I was so mad at my cousin. I'm like, how on earth do you literally like back up into a light pillar with enough speed that you write the car off? But she is an absolute halfwit. Like she's a dumber than a bag of cats. Oh my goodness. But. Anywho, I should uh, I should get cruising here soon. I got a bunch of work I got to get done today. Got two videos that I've filmed and haven't had a chance to edit them. And then I got a knife I got to handle and all the stuff. But uh, you got any plans for the weekend? Uh, yeah, I got to talk to a guy about some insulation for the work. Oh, for your shop. Things are starting to calm it, down, and I know a guy now that's in the construction industry, and he put me in touch with another guy uh, that I wouldn't have been able to find if I was looking for like a homeowner kind of job or quote. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But he does his stuff for like friends and family on the side. Oh, that's kind of handy. And yep. uh, so, you know. He might be able to do, I don't, I don't know. He might be willing to do it for like just cost. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to talk well, to him. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, that'd be yeah, exciting to get the. Uh, one giant hurdle, the biggest hurdle. And then I can move on. Right on. Cool. Well, uh, I'll say thanks everybody for listening, all two people, and uh, thanks Todd. It's always good again. Hopefully, this recording is like right through to the end, because last time, as soon as you said the name that we probably shouldn't say, <laughs> they, they shut your your audio was like cut right there. Mine was good. I had the whole conversation, but yours just stopped as soon as you said anything bad about Joe Biden. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully, we got the whole file on this one. But anyways, we'll talk to y'all later. And uh, thanks again, Todd. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate it. And uh, always enjoy our conversations.